Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello, welcome back you guys. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Hello, hello. Welcome, Sabbath morning. Welcome, welcome, Sabbath Sabbath morning. morning. (laughs) I woke up this morning with a love at home stuck in my head and I blame you, Sarah. When there's love at home. home. You're welcome, everyone. You're welcome. They're turning it off. I know. They're like, no, my ears. They're burning. Um, I know. Isn't that? I've also been getting, what was the other song I was singing the other day? Um, I can't even think of it, but literally I was brushing my teeth and I was tapping my foot to the beat of that, like one of the hymns. Oh. And it didn't, I didn't even realize it until I was like almost done brushing my teeth. And I had like, I was like humming and tapping my foot the whole time. And then I was like, oh, fucking hell, no. <laughs> fucking celestial Jesus, no. Get out of my head. All these songs. <laughs> They're stuck in there. Jeez. And they probably will be forever. We have that in common. <laughs> I mean, definitely. I mean, think about the fact that in our last episode, we were able to chant the personal progress. Theme. I know. Like, yeah. with, you know, after how many years? Like, I'm really bad with math, but I think it's been like 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm still able to do it. That's, that's, that's scary. That's something else. I know we had some people message us saying that they had to skip forward during that part because it was like... <laughs> whoa such a trigger (laughs) I mean I'm not laughing at the fact that they were triggered sorry guys not laughing at that but I totally get it like even us going through it like afterwards I was like oh I don't feel good Mm -mm. (laughs) I I wish I had something else memorized (laughs) yeah something that's like you know beneficial to my life and not that so something that's actually useful I know anyway um we have some announcements for opening exercises. Ooh, do tell. Why don't you? Go on. Why don't you? Why don't you? Go on. <laughs> we have a new patron. Welcome to Maggie. Hi, Maggie. Maggie, I have a story for you, Maggie. Oh. So, so special. <laughs> don't. Don't at all. Um. Every time I see the name Maggie, I love it. But I'm also reminded that my name was supposed to be Maggie. Actually. Oh, it was? I didn't know yes. that. It was. And you know why I'm not named Maggie? Why? Because apparently my dad said it reminded him of maggots. And he didn't want to call me Maggie. Oh. <laughs> Isn't well. that horrible? But Maggie, <laughs> I think your name is lovely. And I wish my parents would name me Maggie because I think it's a beautiful name. Every single oh. Maggie that I know is very sweet and cute. So. I don't actually know any Maggies, but I wish I did. Well, now I do. Maggie yeah, now you do. Our besties now. Welcome to the club. <laughs> your almost name. Maybe that could be your other temple name besides Tabitha. You could name yourself Maggie <laughs> in our in our temple. <laughs> That's true. Oh, my God. Yes, I can be Tabitha Maggie. Happiness. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Great. Well, anyways, anyways, welcome. Yeah, and yeah, welcome, Maggie. And thank you to all of our patrons. If you want to get extra content, uh, we upload, like I said, usually once or twice a week on Patreon. So go over to patreon.com slash Mormon. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And I think I checked the other day and we have like, I don't quote me and don't hold me if I'm wrong, but I think it was like 80 or 90 um additional pieces of content on Patreon. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. fun. And also we just added some just one one uh little merch little little something something we've added to a few of the tiers. So if you sign up you will get that as well. It's a fun sticker. So yeah. And we're working yes. on some more stuff. Sarah be- designed it and <laughs> she's doing wonderful. Yeah. So I think um, yeah, it's kind of still in the works, but I think after you're a patron at certain levels for three months, right, you get 
that as a reward so yeah that's lots of fun you can be p- more part of the club with the sticker exactly. and all of our patrons who are already there you obviously get it um because you're already in patreon with us so <laughs> you will get that as well so be on lookout i think it should have sent you an email if not let me know but it said it would so unless it's a liar let me know but yeah we're working <laughs> on some fun stuff in the future some coffee mugs some other little fun things so we'll we'll keep you guys posted yeah okay another announcement that I just wanted to do a quick shout out uh our friend Jake who's been on the show um hi Jake which I'm pretty sure he's friends with all of you guys too so yeah you all know him by now uh he created his own podcast which he is very generously calling a spin-off podcast of ours which he is named so flattering yeah, he's named it Not So Peter Priested. <laughs> so, love it. Yeah, love it. And his first episode, actually by the time this airs, I think he'll have two episodes out. So go search that. I know he's on iTunes, Apple Podcasts right now and looking to expand. So anyways, he's been a huge supporter of ours. He's a patron and a friend at this point. So I we know you'll love his content if you like ours. So go subscribe and support him as well. Yes, please do. We are super excited and as we said before, flattered and honored that you even call it a spin-off because really we're the ones who should be calling you a spin-off. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, I was like, where is she going? What did we spin off from? It was a, it was a crash and burn. It was like, you know, I saw it, I saw it floating, and then it just dropped and burned. So it was just pew, pew, and <laughs> um. Anyways, point being, you guys will love it. Go check it out. Go support Jake. He's amazing. He's our famous um Mormon troll slayer. Yes, uh-huh. official title. <laughs> okay, now let's see. Do you have any? other announcements before we begin I don't think so no no because okay. normally we don't record twice in a week so it's kind of throwing me off where I'm like what day is it do we know. have announcements we don't what is time who knows? who knows um well so today's topic is I guess kind of a fun one but also maybe a little triggering for some of you we're going to be talking about garments Temple, temple garment. Yeah. So we have a lovely uh, patron named Sarah. We actually have quite a few patrons named Sarah, like I've said. But um, so one of honored. them. Yeah, it's a great name. So she uh, had messaged us about some some questions about like garments and stuff. And I thought, well, we both thought, what a good time to talk about this because we got sent this article by a lot of you from the New York Times that recently came out um, about a Mormon woman who wants the garments to be more comfortable. So this is kind of a mashup of talking about garments, answering some questions about garments, and going through this article because a lot of you sent it to us. So, And Sarah hasn't read it yet, which is fun. Yeah, I haven't read it yet. And um, I did see that you guys sent the article like uh, Katie just said, like quite a few of you guys have sent it to us on Instagram. And then also, as you mentioned, Sarah asked about garments. And then also our newly joined patron, uh, Brianna, also you mentioned a topic and you were like, oh, what about this article that came up in the New York Times? So we're just kind of covering all bases here, um, <laughs> mashing them all together. But we hope you guys enjoy it and are OK with this. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're gonna have to be because yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> um, but it's fun. Uh, I haven't read it yet because sometimes I'm able to access like articles um, from the states, and sometimes I'm not. And I wasn't, but I did see the Instagram post, as in like okay. I saw little quotes that I guess are pulled from the article. Right. So I had a little sneak peek at some of it, but not all of it. So I'm excited to hear the whole thing. Yeah, I'm excited to read it to you. So. I think if you've been listening to us for any amount of time now, you should know that Sarah uh, got endowed, which means she went through the temple. And that also means that you get your garments and you wear them. And she wore them 
for years. I did not do that. I left, I became quote unquote inactive and before I actually went through the temple to do that. So Sarah's going to be able to answer and give a lot of insight into actually living in these things. (laughs) Oh God, it's going to bring up talking about PTSD and being triggering. It's definitely going to bring up some stuff, but yeah, I mean, you know, the first thing I always think of whenever I think of garments every single time. Like the first thing is swamp crotch. And I'm not just saying that to be funny. Like literally it's so unbearably uncomfortable to wear garments. Like people will argue and I'm just going to, no, not allowing it. You cannot tell me they're comfortable. They're not. If you have, especially if you have a hoo-ha, it's just, it's not, it's so (laughs) uncomfortable. I'm sorry to laugh, but I just, I remember when you first said swamp crotch on this show and it's become immortalized. I think it became a hashtag. (laughs) It's so like literally one of my, I keep saying the word literally and I hate when people do that when it's actually, you don't need to say it. But anyways, my tangent is done. Um, One of my stories with garments too is being in Paris and in a hotel that it was so hot. I went in the summer and I had garments and it was so hot and the the flat or like it wasn't. Yeah, it was like an Airbnb. It didn't have AC. So we had to open all the windows and immediately like stripped off of our garments to let them air out. And then we just laid like sprawled on the bed to like get some type of cooling happening. <laughs> and like my garments were top bottom completely soaked. And I was just like, how do people wear these every single day in hot weather? Un fucking bearable it's a, a yeast infection waiting to happen oh my god the amount of yeast infections you can make fucking bread down there like it was <laughs> insane all the pop, time pop out some muffins <laughs> For um, real, that would be so amazing if your vagina could pop out muffins i would be <laughs> the happiest okay that's the next on our merch <laughs> we need to make like actual underwear that's like cute comfortable underwear that has a little muffin on it yeah, I thought you too. were going to say, like, uh, an image of a vagina popping out muffins, because I... Ew, Sarah, no. <laughs> I love it. Okay, I well... Coffee cup about it. <laughs> She's on it. Okay, so I thought, before we get into the article, I was just going to do a little bit of overview and background about garments, especially for people who we're never Mormon because I think this is one of the things that's maybe you know along with polygamy people are really fascinated by garments especially if they've never like experienced them so okay so according to the LDS church the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints the temple garments serve please thank you we say the whole thing um they serve a number of purposes so first they believe that the garment provides a constant reminder of the covenants they made in the temple I'm sure this is what I mean I hear that maybe the most is that it's like a reminder of the covenants you made mm-hmm. that's what I always heard yeah then also um, secondly the per- another purpose it serves is when properly worn they believe it provides protection against temptation and evil <laughs> the most absurd thing ever but yeah yeah It's like they, and I think some members even go so far as to really have that superstitious belief that it'll protect them from like, like getting hurt in a car accident or, or things like that. Yeah, a hundred percent. I heard stories like that where it's like, and garments protect you. There's a story of someone who got in a car crash and their whole body was protected except for the areas that their garments didn't cover. So, like, they broke their legs and their arms. And I was like, that's still fucking horrendous. Like, like, so their head was cut off, but the rest of their body was fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, it literally makes no sense. I was just like, but what? Like, yeah, okay. it's silly. Um, also, they teach that wearing the garment is an outward expression of an inward commitment to follow Jesus Christ. I just want to say, though, that, like, Jesus didn't wear garments. No. No. <laughs> he didn't Jesus wear clothes that covered his hair. No. <laughs> he like, did not follow the rules. He would have not have been yeah. on by you. That's for sure. 
Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. I have some notes here, but that's not really that interesting. But yeah, it says here in Mormon folklore, tales are told of Latter-day Saints who credit their temple garments with helping them survive car wrecks, like we said, fires and natural disasters, which that's just ridiculous. And also we've kind of talked about how like that's pretty elitist to be like, God saved me because I was wearing my garments, but everyone else around me died. (laughs) It's just so absolutely ridiculous. I can't even, but it is like some people are so superstitious that they won't even um, like, yeah, like they they don't even want to have sex or, you know, like sports, like even if it's like a prolonged amount of time that you're going to play sports or exercise or whatever, it's like, I can't be without my garments because something could happen in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I know people who back in the day, I think they were kind of older people and very superstitious. They would take a bath, but they would keep one arm out of the bath and inside the garment because they were afraid of not being in their garments at all times. Yeah. But then there are, and there are people like you said, yeah, they'll still wear them when they do sports or whatever, but then there are the opposite people who will stay in their yoga clothes all day so that they don't have to put on the garments. (laughs) Oh my God. But that was me though. Real talk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that that seems like what I would do. Like literally I'd be like, I'm working out all every day and I wasn't yeah, but I would have the gym yeah yeah like I would wear my leggings and like a tank top but like I'm working out my roommate's like are you and I would grab a Nutella can jar or whatever and be like look and I would just use it as my weight and be like I am working out <laughs> you do a little curl and then you just eat a little bit oh yeah, yeah. And then I would just like, oh, I need to cool down. So it's going to be a little bit. Or if I knew we were going to like a pool or like a lake, I'd be like, oh, but I got to wear my swimsuit under. So I can't. Yeah. So I guess people who have never been Mormon, there are exceptions. They can take their garments off for swimming, for, I guess, sweating, they call it. So like working out and for sex and I guess for showering. But like the four S's. That's it. Yeah. And a lot of times... People will get crap like I knew people who would not wear their garments when they were doing yard work because they would sweat a lot. But then people would gossip and be like, that's just an excuse. You need to still wear it when you're working in the yard because that's not like actual exercise. <laughs> what? God. And that that's legit. Like Katie's not even exaggerating. The the gossip that goes around garments in the oh, which is huge. They huge. look for anything like even if you're wearing a quote-unquote modest outfit they'll still look and try to see the lines of the garments underneath your clothes to see if you're wearing them like Mm -hmm. the cap sleeve and all that it's crazy so um a little bit of history uh the garment was first described in the 1840s as a one-piece undergarment that extended to the ankles and the wrists with a call yep with a collar on it but it had a fully open crotch (laughs) (laughs) easy access (laughs) can you imagine like it's a onesie and you just have to wear that under everything oh god I don't even want to think about it that's yeah they I had friends who had those like especially like um for winter like you can still get those and they're just like yeah these basically onesies that have a little like patched or like a hole there and then you can also get like thermal garments to wear in the winter as well that go to your ankles and your wrist oh no thank you yeah (laughs) um okay so for several decades after the garment was introduced in the 1840s um it was accepted in mormon doctrine as being unalterable like you couldn't change it but then uh Oh, and even in 1906, church president Joseph F. Smith said that it was a grievous sin to change or modify the 1840s garment pattern because he said it was, quote, sacred, unchanged and unaltered from the very pattern which God gave them. So he (laughs) prophesied that it was doctrine that you should never change this. But what does Mormon God love to do? Change. He loves to change shit up. Yep. In in 1923, a leader from church president Heber J. Grant to stake president stated that after careful and prayerful consideration, the first presidency 
had unanimously decided that specific modifications would be permitted to the garment. So now sleeves could end at the elbow and legs could be shortened to just below the knee and you could use buttons instead of strings. (laughs) God, You know what I always thought of though too, and like, especially now because they're like, you know, more Mormons around the world who are wearing garments and you're never supposed to show them to anyone, especially anyone who's not Mormon and who hasn't gone through the temple. But, like, they have to manufacture them somewhere. And we yeah. know they're, like, I've, I've seen tags. They're not even made in the States, like, most of the time. Oh, yeah. I was trying to look up where they were made. I think sometimes they're made in the U.S. I mean, well, the ones that were sent to us from the listener when we did the temple clothes, I think those were made in the U.S. But they had on the tag, it said, like, not for like only for use of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Like you're not supposed to show them to anyone. Yeah. Oh, see, I can't honestly, I can't really remember. But I always remember thinking like when I would put them on, like, hey, so someone had to make these. And if it's yeah. like a mass production area, like did they, are they required to be Mormons to make I'm them? I'm curious. I wonder if any of you listeners know, like, do you have to be Mormon to work in the factory that makes the garments? I wonder. Yeah, I, I do know, like, there are different ones in the States and in, like, abroad. Like, because I, when I went. There have to be. Yeah. Yeah. They were different because I'd be like, oh, like, these are the only ones you can get in Europe or, like, in the German temple store. Like, they're different from what I've heard from other people saying, like, what theirs look like. So, yeah, yeah I just, I'm curious about that. Um, so in the 1970s, that's when the garments became two pieces. So it wasn't even until the 1970s. People were sweating in those things in the one pieces until the 1970s. Um, so yeah, today they come in two pieces. So the women's styles are sold with a rounded or sweetheart neckline and cap sleeves. Um, and it says, yeah um and it says that the bra like women are supposed to wear your bra over the garment so the garment's supposed to be touching your skin and then you put a bra on over it it's so horrendous like I feel like all the people who are listening who didn't grow up Mormon are like what the actual fuck uh yeah so I always joke with Greg like if he would have met me before when I was Mormon I'm like Imagine I used to wear garments and not only garments, but my bra over. Over. So sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of which, one of the questions that Sarah asked us on Patreon was um, like, do you get to wear underwear underneath the garments? But you don't, right? You're not supposed to. You're just supposed to have the garment. A very good question, because I also think she asked about, like, what do you do when you're on your period and if you yep. have to wear a pad? And yep. that's a good question. So it depends on every Mormon. Uh, as Katie has mentioned, like, there is some extreme who are like, you never, ever take it off and it has to be touching your skin at all times. So I did know friends who would do that when they're on their period. They would just wear a tampon and basically pray to Celestial Jesus that I wouldn't bleed through. I, on the other hand, I would wear underwear underneath because I would put a pad and a tampon on because it's like you're wearing fucking holy underwear. You're not supposed to get anything on them and stain them. So I was like, I don't want like massive blood stains everywhere. Like, yeah, but imagine. So you're already fucking hot as I was going to say hell. But then I was like uh, outer darkness. But that's not hot. (laughs) You're so fucking hot in garments okay and then you throw on you have to wear underwear as well it's like two layers of heat trapped in there like it's well and just, that's not even your regular clothing on top of it yeah which, and then you have so yeah three layers of clothing plus if you're a woman and you're on your period it's just like god it's miserable it's so well yeah but but to answer that question for, like, men, they're not supposed to wear, like, boxer briefs ever underneath. They're not supposed to. I had a friend also um, who is the one who actually helped me leave the church in the very beginning. I've mentioned him a few times. He and I would talk about that because I'd be like, oh, man, like, I hate that I have to wear, like, underwear sometimes under my garments when I'm on my period. And he was like, yeah, I also wear – he would wear boxers. Like briefs, sorry, briefs under his because he was like, it's painful if you have balls and they're like, they don't hold or support them. 
Yeah. Like I was going to say they just like flop around or like chafe or something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So that's what he said. So he wore briefs under his because he's like, I can't not like it's it's really uncomfortable and painful. So I think some guys do, but I don't know. Yeah, it's it's still frowned upon. You're not supposed to. You're not. You're technically not supposed to. But like, I guess in your worthiness interview, when they ask you, are you wearing your garment and you just say yes, then they don't like you can kind of surpass that. That's kind of a loophole, I suppose. Um, Okay, so endowed church members, so church members who have gone through the temple like Sarah did, they can purchase garments through church distribution centers worldwide, like Sarah said, they have them all over, or you can get them online. But to get temple garments online, you have to, well, to get them anywhere, you have to have your like endowment and temple recommend. But um, if you want to get them online, you have to put in your like membership number online because I wanted to go on and like see how much they were but of course I don't have a membership but I was gonna ask you do you remember how much they are to buy that's the thing is that we always get this question I remember like one Mormon troll was like arguing that our prices weren't right but they were yeah Um, because they always like Mormons always try to say like oh it's not that expensive it's not that's actually bullshit and if you're already paying 10 percent of tithing you should have this shit for free like oh for real to spend their money on garments and I've talked about this in a previous episode where I had to translate for a bishop in in a temple interview um because they didn't speak any English and it was like from German to Spanish and y'all know my German's not great so it was a struggle bus um (laughs) and they like one of the reasons why they said that they weren't temple worthy was because they couldn't they literally couldn't afford to buy garments and see that just makes me it makes me so mad yeah like it was like a choice between you know putting food on the table or buying garments to wear and they chose food and it was like they were shamed for that and they weren't caught like they weren't considered worthy to go to the temple and to have a temple car like recommend because Uh. they couldn't wear the garments so it's really fucked so to, to go back to the question of pricing um so when I was wearing them they had just introduced, at least from my understanding from in Europe, this online option where you could like put in your temple recommend a number and then order them online. Mm -hmm. But that happened like right before I was leaving. So I would have to buy mine from the temple store, which meant that like you had to, yeah, basically like it was annoying because these are your underwear people. Like you have to wear them every single day. So you have all the time, even all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to just like stock up on them um, when you go. And if when I was there, like, so I didn't have a temple outfit to wear in the actual temple to do the ceremonies because I was like, I don't, I can't, I was poor and I was like, I don't want to, like, especially at that time, like, I was a student, like, I didn't have income. I was like, I don't want to spend, like, I think it would have been like 150 euros to get like the dress and the apron mm-hmm. and the shoes and everything. So I rented every time. And that was, I remember giving a 20 and getting back like 12 euros. So I think it's like eight euros to rent the outfit. And you have to do that every time to buy the garments. It was four euros a package. So like your package is one t-shirt and then, so like you have like a shirt and a, so a top and a bottom and they're Uh packaged separately. So individually it was like four euros per thing. Yeah, and so you need one, at least one, for every day of the week. And I'm just thinking, like, I guess $4 or 4 euros or $4, isn't that crazy for, like, a you know, a, an under, you know, a pair of yeah. underwear? But, like, it is when you're also paying 10% of your money to this. Like, like you said, this should just be given to you. If yeah, you it's work. insane. They, they totally make – and, you guys, these aren't, like, high-quality – the most luxurious pair of panties that you'll ever have. Like they're uncomfortable. They're not great quality material. Like it's not good fabric. And I don't pay four euros for any panties I wear now. Hello. Like I get that, <laughs> you know, bundled package from H&M or whatever, you know, like right, right, right. if I yeah. splurge on nice underwear, it's because I want like comfortable, nice underwear, like lingerie. Or like- sexy underwear yeah like sexy underwear but I'm not it's like you're paying eight euros for your underwear because you have to do the top and bottom and just imagine if you're only getting them for like seven days a week that's a lot of money for a week that's a lot underwear yeah and especially if you don't have the means like 
you know, I 100% recognize the fact that I'm, you know, privileged. I definitely am have white privilege and I have parents who were able to, my mom who was active, like who could help pay for my garments because I was a student and couldn't afford it during that time or working like it was like my first job outside of university. So it wasn't making a lot. I had parents who could like help pay for those. But if you don't and you literally have to choose between food or rent or whatever or wearing garments like what the fuck I know and it's also just silly because it's an extra layer that you don't especially on the top like you don't normally wear something like that on top besides your bra you know anyway it's just ridiculous it's expensive and it's unnecessary and it's ridiculous and honestly I'm gonna go to this extreme and say it's a health hazard I'm gonna put it out there yeah yeah Especially when you're living somewhere that is incredibly hot and if you don't have air conditioning or some way to cool yourself down, there were moments where I like literally felt like fainting. I was like, I'm so uncomfortable and so hot. And I know Mm -hmm. we joked about like vaginas popping out muffins, but like legit the level of yeast and like just discomfort like for women and I'm sure for men too, like it's it's not... (laughs) It's not good for the body. Or it's the bad body. for everyone. Yeah. No. And also it's, um, I can, I just think it's such a level of control in, like, if you look at it in the perspective of cults and the bite model, it's such a level of you control how everyone acts and their behavior and then what they wear and also how they feel. Like, they have to f- feel this discomfort every single minute of every day. So also, you're just re- reminding them of how much they're yeah, in this cult, essentially. Yeah, 100%. And another thing, too, is that it's just another way for the church to make money. And yep. because they make money from, and I swear to God, I swear to celestial Jesus, if someone comes at me and argues this point, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, they do make some type of it. I don't care if they say, like, oh, but it's so inexpensive to make those garments. Like, they just literally are paying for the cost of production that's bullshit because as I mentioned that material is not fantastic it does not cost four euros two euros even to make that shit like does not and also additionally they profit off of it because they have all of these subsidiary like companies that make clothes for garments so well yeah you can wear like a top that covers your garment you know well right all of that and all of the temple clothing and you don't just buy one set and you're good for life you probably have to buy a set every year like everyone buys new underwear it's not like they just wear them forever yeah exactly um so one last thing before we get into the article Sarah the other Sarah on Patreon she did ask about like what happens when like you're done with them and you know they're old and you need to get rid of them so Prior to the disposal of old garments, members are supposed to cut out the markings on them. So like we've we've kind of talked about this in previous episodes, but on basically like the nipples and then right above the knee, there's these little like Masonic symbols that are sewn into Mm. the garment. And if you're, you know, maybe you're done with that garment, like it's old or ripped or whatever, you're supposed to cut out those symbols and then you can like throw away your the rest of the garment which is so oh my god that's a a cult (laughs) it's a cult and it's so and you guys it's we laugh about it now but it's it's so serious in the mormon church like oh it's so serious yeah like it's something they don't even like really talk about garments that much because it's like a temple thing so it's so like serious and quote-unquote sacred yeah yeah Exactly. So like you are not allowed to show it to anyone, not talk about it. Like I had a lot of non-Mormon friends in Berlin just from work or university or whatever. And like I had to travel. I traveled with like two non-Mormon friends to Amsterdam. And when I had to change in front of them, I was mortified because it was like we were staying in a hostel. There was no privacy at all. And, like, I needed to change. And, like, the door was, like, somehow it was, like, situated where I had, like, oh, someone was in the bathroom and we were going out and I had to change. And so I had to be, like, uh, guys, so I wear these special underwear that look like biker shorts and (laughs) it's for my religion. And they were just, like, what? But I remember being, like, so anxious about telling them because, first of all, I was, like, embarrassed and mortified. But also it was, like, 
I'm not supposed to like no one's supposed to see these if they don't understand and like see the sacred like markings on my garments and all of this stuff and like oh my god Uh, and then yeah you have to like burn them because even when I left the church it took me a while to like get rid of them I didn't know what to do with them so are, are you supposed to burn them I mean, well, ideally they don't, I mean, I'm sure the Mormon church doesn't give you a manual on what to do when you leave the church and burn your Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just when you're kind of getting rid of them in general, I I guess once you have, like, I'm just wondering, what do you do with the little pieces that you cut out, like the symbols? Because I know you can just, then they, they say that the fabric's no longer sacred, so you can toss the rest of it away. But what about those little patches of fabric? That's a good point. I don't know. And I also love that Katie didn't, like, get at me for making that snarky remark because I would have been like okay <laughs> me being like um I don't think they have a manual on what to do even I'm just used to I'm just used to your sass it's nothing to me just anymore you just kept going like <laughs> girl the other day I think it was uh yesterday I was recording an episode for Patreon I was doing like a response episode and I said something I can't remember exactly what I said but I like stumbled on my words and I accidentally said the word ass when I it like wasn't in what I was going to say and I just totally roasted myself and I was like I have to call that out Sarah is not here to roast me (laughs) (laughs) yeah I gotta love it it. Sarah okay so are you ready to hear uh this article from the New York Times yes I am so ready Okay, so uh, it's called Among Mormon Women Frank Talk About Sacred Underclothes. Frustrated by itchy, constrictive church-designed garments, they are asking for better fit, more options, and, quote, buttery, soft fabric. See, I haven't even read the article, and they've talked about everything I just complained about. Not lying, people. Yeah, and this it shows, uh, I'll have to send you a picture of this gal. She's like very, very stylish and cool. And it makes me wish that she was an ex-Mormon because like (laughs) she seems cool. Okay. Um, All right, here we go. Sasha Pitton, Pitton or Pitton, P-I-T-O-N. Sasha Pitton was on a hike near her home in Idaho Falls, Idaho, when she realized something was wrong. The trek was just a few miles and not strenuous, but a rash was spreading along the crease above her thigh. Oh. Miss Pitton quickly identified the cause. Like many members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, she wears a white two-piece set of sacred temple garments, which are functionally underwear almost all of the time. After another painful hike, Miss Pitton reluctantly stopped wearing the garments when exercising and occasionally removed them overnight. Both changes felt significant since church members have historically been encouraged to wear garments night and day, but they were simply too uncomfortable. So, yeah, this is like literally what you were just saying. I'm sure everyone gets like not only yeast infections, like we said, but just rashes even if it's a heat rash like anything it's just trapping everything in in those like sensitive areas oh so bad I feel like every ex-mormon who's worn garments is like just sitting here being like oh you can you just feel it like if you're you're as you're describing this and talking about it I'm like oh I feel like this discomfort it's so icky Mm -hmm. I hate it Um, okay, she did not stop there. Last month, Miss Pitton posted several cheerfully direct pleas to Instagram where she discusses church culture as, um, oh, so it's her handle is the Mormon hippie. So, quote, oh. she said, we really want buttery soft fabric, she said, addressing her comments to the church's 96-year-old president, Russell M. Nelson. Quote, my vagina. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. He's 96. He's about to croak. Um Quote, my vagina has to breathe. I mean, oh, true, though. So. True, that's just what Sarah said. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Miss Pitton encouraged her 17,100 followers to email the church about their own experiences. Miss Pitton, 33, had tapped into a familiar problem that few women in the church felt bold enough to discuss publicly. Her posts drew thousands of comments and private messages in which women vented their frustrations with the holy apparel, itchy hems, bunchy seams, pinching waistbands, and even chronic yeast infections <gasps> caused by fabric that does not breathe. Y'all, I swear to celestial Jesus, I don't make this shit up. Like, y'all you better freak me now. 
Yeah. Oh, man. Um, it's sacred, one commenter wrote, but it's still actual underwear. I just, it's so funny because it's like they can see how they, it's not beneficial, even just physically for them to wear this, but they're still doing it because the church is telling them to. That's how deep the brainwashing goes. But I'm glad they're talking about it at least. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, temple garments date back to the church's origins in the 19th century and symbolize the wearer's commitment to the faith akin to the religious garments of any of many other faith traditions. Adult Latter-day Saints wear them after their temple endowment, a private membership ritual that typically takes, takes place before missionary service or marriage. The church controls the design and manufacturing process of the garments and sells them. Oh, sells them globally at low prices. Okay. Fuck off. (laughs) That was something that the patron asked is like, when do you start wearing garments? And like we've said, it's when you're an adult. So usually for men, it's like you go through the temple right before you go on your mission. Same for women if they choose to go on a mission. But a lot of times women just go like as an adult at some point or before they get married. Yeah, and it's it's really fucked because for women, it's a lot. I mean, it could have changed since I left, but when I was in the church, like, because I wasn't going on a mission and I wasn't engaged, I, like, it was very much frowned upon for me to try to go to the temple. So much the fact that when I tried to go through at the age of, I think I was 22, 23, mm-hmm. um, the bishop told me no. Like, that just makes me yeah it's like people say that the church isn't sexist there's a shining example yeah exactly and I was really frustrated they're like no you you know your your greatest call on earth is to be a wife and mother so you should focus on that and then once the time comes you can go through the temple to get married and I was like but why can't I just go now it was a big deal. Like it just, I couldn't go and I had to wait. And even when I tried to go through again in Germany, when I did, it wasn't easy. You know what they can do? They can kindly fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) They can politely fuck right off. (laughs) Politely fuck right off. (laughs) Okay. Um, Most active church members, including young people take seriously the exhortation to wear the garments as often as possible. In a 2016 poll of 1,100 Latter-day Saints, just 14% of millennial church members said they believed it was acceptable to remove the garments if they were uncomfortable. So yeah, it's a big deal. Like people take it really, yeah, only 14% are like, it's okay to take them off. Yeah. Um, A spokesman for the church declined an interview request and declined to answer a list of detailed questions, instead sending a link to a brief video about the garments produced by the church. Have you seen that video? No. It's so cringy. Like, I think they released it around 2015 when they released the other, like, gospel topic essays. And it's just a dumb little video that just shows the garments, like, kind of briefly, like, laid out. And then they just are like, they're just like any other sacred clothing that any religion wears and it's like no they're not they're giving people yeast infections I don't yeah. think any religious clothing is doing that <laughs> it's so true that's also another thing that they would say is like and I, I even said this to people because I was like you know brainwashed into saying this like you you in the Mormon church you're brainwashed into like saying certain responses to people like everyone gives you the same answer if you notice it's really mm-hmm. Anyway, so when people be like, um, but garments are weird, then you'd say, yeah, but it's just like a reminder of the covenants we made with God and lots of religions where, you know, have similar <laughs> things like a priest or a Catholic priest would wear something on the outside, but we just wear it on the inside. And that's the only difference. I love that because I think it's so silly because to me, like, that's not a logical argument or reason. It's like yeah. if... Because if another religion is doing something, like, I'm sorry, I don't want to offend anyone who's listening who's of a different religion, but, like, I don't believe in any religion or any god. So, to me, it's, like, you saying, well, yeah, look at this other religion. They do it. Like, they wear this. I'm, like, well, I think that's equally as weird. Exactly. (laughs) It doesn't make it any less weird to me. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. Yep. Okay. Um, Most of the available temple garment fabrics are synthetic. So, quote, 
If you're trying to optimize someone's gynecologic health, it's not recommended, said Dr. Kelly Woodfield, an obstetrician gynecologist in Utah who is a member of the church. The cotton option is more breathable, she said, but it's tight and significantly thicker. So I was going to ask you, did you wear the cotton version or like the, I know there's like a few like synthetic kind of blends. I know ones that are like silky kind of feeling. Yes. So um, I had quite a few. So you have the silky ones, which don't have like this tapering at the bottom of the legs. So people would wear those like if you wanted to wear something a bit shorter because they kind of like roll up and you could like, you know. Basically, it would it would roll up and it was a bit looser, but then it would stretch out, so it was like so baggy, like, like saggy around your yeah, butt. Yeah, <laughs> it was just so saggy and stretchy. So I really don't know how men would wear those. Like, it had to be very uncomfortable for their balls. Um, <laughs> but then I had like the uh, cotton ones, which have these like you might be able to buy them without the tapering at the bottoms um but I only had the ones that did and because your girl has thick thighs it would just like dig in Ooh, like I would ouch. have print like marks and it was just really uncomfortable so I never wore those really but they were supposed to be the more breathable ones that but you would then they're just summer. super uncomfortable in every <laughs> other way so uncomfortable <laughs> and then the polyester blend ones I had a lot of those just because everyone told me like when I went through the temple like oh these are the best ones um they're really comfortable they're really smooth and you don't have like a line under your clothes blah 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 all of that stuff and so I when I first went through I bought a lot of those thinking that that was the best one and those are the worst ones for like yeast infections like it was just so and they're really really hot like they don't breathe at all and because ah. I was able to, like, afford to buy multiple, like, once I experienced that, I was like, oh, okay, well, I, I should have bought more of the silk ones or the cotton ones. It was like I had to wait until the next temple trip and also be like, well, that's going to be an expense I need to think yeah. about to buy more. So I had mostly the um, really uncomfortable polyester. Like, they were, like, smooth, but they were so thick and stretchy and, like, Oh God, I wish I had pictures. I wish okay. you did too. They were so unflattering. And yeah, like I said, just unbearably hot. Like I, I tried as much as I could not to wear those on summer days, but because I only had a limited amount of pairs and all of them were uncomfortable in some way. It was it's kind of crazy like, that oh. they would even sell those as like an underwear option that you're supposed to wear without even considering like vaginas need to breathe and they mm-hmm. are expecting you to wear those 24 seven. I just, mm-mm. what? Mm-hmm. Okay. Dr. Woodfield, who wore the garments for most of her adult life, said the conversation around garments was indicative of larger struggles over women's issues in the male led tradition. Uh-huh. While women feel increasingly emboldened to speak up on social media, they often feel stymied by what they describe as a lack of transparency, transparency and empathy. How the church responds to this movement is a really interesting litmus test for how much the church is starting to trust women, Dr. Woodfield said. Wow. Also, I don't really know how I feel about that. It's like that's kind of the bare minimum is like. Letting them have underwear that lets their vagina breathe. Like, you still don't give them any type of power or authority or anything. Like, no priesthood. Yeah, exactly. No priesthood, no authority. And your divine calling is to be a wife and mother and nothing else matters. Like, so, yeah, sure, great. Start with the garments that give women yeast infections and do not let their hoo-haws breathe. Um, (laughs) That's good star but let's really <laughs> tackle the big issues that are yeah that doesn't really mean that you're like trusting or respecting women that just means that you're I don't know like doing the bare minimum it's weird to me um okay while they hope for further design improvements church members share hacks to mitigate comfort okay this is kind of what we were talking about some people turn their garments inside out to relieve pressure from the biting seams Some members have cut off itchy tags. 
others snip out the crotch fabric for breathability, and many women wear traditional panties under their garments during their periods, finding the bottoms incompatible with pads and panty liners, just like Sarah said. <laughs> See, you guys, I don't lie, but I have to admit, towards the end, when I was, like, starting to question whether or not I wanted to be in the church, if I was on my period, I just wouldn't wear the bottoms at all. I would just wear panties and be like, but I'm still wearing the top, so it's okay. <laughs> my top half is protected. <laughs> yeah. My I'll boobs are still it. celestial. My boobs can go into the celestial kingdom. <laughs> they deserve to be in the celestial kingdom. Woo! <laughs> Okay, though she is having fun with her campaign, Miss Pitton is serious about why it matters to her. She converted to the faith a decade ago and was profoundly moved by the temple endowment ritual, which includes putting on the garments for the first time and receiving a blessing specifically for the body. In that moment, quote, I just felt this divine connection to my body, she said. I don't like that. In a world where my entire life being a bigger woman, I've been told my body should look different. And receiving a blessing focused on her body's strength and holiness was a moving experience. Okay. I mean, I guess I can see that, but also it's just like you're being oppressed by the church. Yeah, exactly. Like that's not, I don't know. But I guess they have to find some way to, to twist it to make themselves feel better. Yeah. Um, okay, not everyone is attached to the idea of preserving the garments. Lindsay Perez, 24, who lives in Salt Lake City, used to experience persistent urinary tract infections oh. and she that she believes were made worse by her garments. She now leaves them off at night and after she showers. If she had her choice, she said, she would prefer to wear a cross necklace or a ring, popular among church members with the letter CTR, a reference to the motto, choose the right, as a reminder to make ethical choices. Quote, there are so many different ways to remind myself myself of what I've promised. I don't need that to be through my underwear. Yes. Damn. <laughs> that's so true, though. Like, why does it need to be in these special clothes? Oh, I know. To make money. Yeah, to that's make money why. and to control people. Yep. Like, that's what it is. Because literally, it could be anything. It could be, like she said, just wearing a CTR ring. Like, and also, these people aren't forgetting their quote-unquote covenants. Like, they're reading their scriptures every day, and they're bombarded with church shit every day. They're not Listen, forgetting. And no <laughs> one forgets that cult ritual. Trust. Yeah. They're not forgetting it. Oh. In private Facebook groups for women in the church, she said garments are a constant topic of discussion, with some women hoping for improvements and others defending the garments as they are, of course. But few women feel comfortable approaching male leaders to discuss bodily fluids, infections, and sexual intimacy. I fucking wonder why. (laughs) Like, are you surprised in the least? No. I mean, of course they're not comfortable. Like, they're not, you're not supposed to be comfortable with your body as a woman anyway in the Mormon church. Like, it's sinful. You're not supposed to show it or talk about it. So, like, of course they're not going to go to the men who control what underwear they wear. How weird is that sentence, too? Like, exactly. they have to go ask the old men to allow them to wear different underwear. The old, crusty, white guys, and ask them, <laughs> like, um, can we talk about my underwear situation and my itchy hoo Can we talk about that? <laughs> yeah. like, you aren't going to do that. And it's already just so uncomfortable that you have to go to these men to do the worthiness temple I know. questions and all of that shit. And if you sin, but on top of that, we also like, they expect women to talk to them about their underwear. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, she, she also said, quote, people are scared to be brutally honest, to say, this isn't working for me. It isn't bringing me closer to Christ. It's giving me UTIs. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> For fucking real, right? <laughs> That's so good. It's so sad, but so good. What a great line. I this know. This me closer to God. It's just giving me UTIs. <laughs> <laughs> the, the church's official handbook includes only a few paragraphs about the garments. Many practices around them are passed down within families and circulated among friends. Some families throw garments in the washing machine with other laundry, for example, while others keep them separate. Hmm. What did you do? Um, I think I just did. Yeah, I washed them separately. Kind of like just 
like intimates anyway, but yeah, they're white. Yeah. So I guess you I don't want them white. To, yeah. yeah. Um, Afton Southam Parker, a mother of five who was raised in the church, has lived in Uganda and Thailand, where the garments felt especially stifling in the heat. In furtive conditions with other women, she realized she was not alone. Everybody I talked to is getting some kind of rash or infection, she said. The word she heard over and over from women was suffocation. Yep. Holy shit. If that's not symbolic, though, like literal suffocation, but also like emotional, mental, like all of that, you're definitely suffocated in the church. Yep, exactly. And so symbolic on so many levels. And yeah. Miss Parker made it her mission to get church leaders to produce garments that fit and felt better. She approached one church leader after a talk and wrote to anyone she thought could help. When a church designer finally agreed to meet with her last year, she showed him 34 PowerPoint slides that explained the garment's many problems for women. The initial result was disheartening, although she was encouraged recently when the church's design team asked her for more feedback. You're talking about pads and gore, she recalled the man responding at first. The implication was that such earthy topics were inappropriate for discussions of sacred matters. It's, oh my god it's of a greater magnitude than the church has any idea about miss parker said either get into the underwear business or get out <laughs> and that's the end of the article wow it's like but i guess she's tried and they're not taking her this woman they weren't taking her seriously of like you can't bring up those discussions about sacred matters like we'll decide what but underwear they never do like I'm actually surprised that because it made it to the New York Times and like it's now become a public thing and it's outside the church that she's I, I would be surprised if she doesn't get excommunicated on some level like, I know I know it's like too much York. talking out about it yeah I mean that's what happened with um fuck I always forget her name Kelly Nat- yeah uh, Kate Kelly well yeah. and Natasha Helfer just for wanting like actual real safe sex therapy and education exactly like anytime a woman questions something in the church and not even like questions and like oh I want to leave the church or anything like that it's just like hey these are some things we can improve on let's talk about it I'm still an active member of the church I still believe but let's talk they get excommunicated yeah and that speaks of volumes I think yeah yeah um, so I went to the church's online store, like I said, I wanted to see what garments cost and I can't because I'm not, I don't have a membership number, but it's like, they have this little, like, I don't know what you would call it, a little area of the website that says extending the women's stretch cotton garment line, nursing, maternity, and mid-calf styles now available. And they like <laughs> try to make it seem so nice. It's like, This popular women's garment features a breathable cotton spandex fabric that provides a soft cottony feel and close fit. And down here it says, um, the updated fit and design is more in line with modern clothing, resulting in an exceptionally comfortable experience. Oh my God. It's like such a bad catalog or like commercial. Like, call now. Call now. Call now. For some reason, this just had me like rolling. So this says all sisters can benefit from the new redesigned mid-calf bottom in stretch cotton fabric, which features an extra wide yoga style waistband made of stretch mesh. The leg cuffs are made of the same stretch mesh fabric, which is also included in the inner leg panels for better airflow and faster drying time. Benefits of mid-calf bottoms include extra warmth, cleaner lines beneath clothing and fabulous full body comfort mid-calf garment bottoms work especially well under maxi skirts jeans and leggings oh Oh my my god it's so cringy and it's mid-calf it's like going down your calf that's going past your knee who wants that and who wants to wear that underneath leggings no thank you I know a lot, well okay not a lot but I had a few Mormon friends who would wear those because they didn't like the line so they didn't yep, want yep. the lines they wore under their leggings and jeans. And to me, I was like, oh, my God, that's so uncomfortable. Like, oh, yeah. And also <laughs> <Fabulous>. full body comfort. 
fabulous full body coverage. Uh, fabulously go fuck right off. How about that? Fabulously um, go fuck right off. <laughs> but even when they're describing like the yoga waistband, I can't. It it, it makes the level of discomfort goes through the roof with me when I think about wearing like yoga pants essentially under my jeans. I know. That's so uncomfortable. I know. It's, I can't even imagine it because like, I'll be honest with you, there's like, it has to be very specific underwear for me to like it. And we've talked on this show before how if I can go without a bra, I will. <laughs> like, I don't like anything underneath my clothes many a time, unless it's like a really nice, comfortable, like set of underwear. But like, yeah, I cannot imagine wearing literally like yoga pants underneath my clothes. I would be so bitchy I would be so just like mean all the time because I'd be so uncomfortable that explains why I was a bitch all the time but then it doesn't explain (laughs) after you are not (laughs) (laughs) oh my god are you so happy you don't wear those anymore oh my god I'm so happy that was like the best feeling the best like symbolic feeling as well just being like I am I can finally breathe I feel free. I'm like, I'm comfortable. Like literally it was um, quite symbolic for me to get rid of those. I mean, oh, I, was yeah. I was like really suspicious and like superstitious. Like, oh, am I going to like get into an accident or, you know, like something bad's going to happen to me as soon as I stop wearing them. So it took me a while to like get my head out of that. And then also like throwing them away. I was just like, oh, I don't know what to do. So I had them in my drawer for a really long time. And then I finally just ended up throwing them in the trash. (laughs) Oh, wow. And then what, so what kind of underwear did you just kind of go with? Like, I guess you said you could just buy like, oh, because you already wore underwear sometimes underneath anyway. So you weren't, it wasn't weird to just get like new underwear. Exactly. And I actually like kept most of my underwear from before my garment days like I didn't really get rid of them because I thought like oh you know for I don't know I don't know I maybe I secretly knew I would get rid of garments one day but like I kept most of mine so like I still like yeah I had all of my pre-garment day underwear how was it the first time that you wore garments so like you know you went through the temple and you had your garments and then you started wearing them daily because I don't think people realize I guess like before you go to the temple you just wear normal underwear and then you go through the temple and then you like switch to uh garments was that how was that for you uh uncomfortable yeah that's the first thought I had so I went through the temple in Spain and I stayed with um this girl who lived in Madrid and she was really nice so like let me stay at her place for free, like very lovely family. Um, and I remember I was like, I, I think I had to sleep on the floor because it was a very small apartment. And I had them on and I was, or it was winter as well, but it's in Spain. So like not that cold. Yeah. But I just remember being like, oh, this is really uncomfortable. And instantly feeling like discomfort around my hoo-ha area. Like I was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't very comfortable. But then I was like, oh, maybe I just need to adjust. And like with, righteous prayers I'll be fine like, uh, it'll yeah. be great you know you'll get used to the this yeah. extra level of oppression and I never got used to it and if anything it just made me like very self-conscious all the time too I didn't feel attractive I felt really like it really affected my self-esteem as well yeah. like, I didn't have the confidence as much and then also like visiting family and friends back home like I was always like self-conscious about them showing or like wearing them I was just a bit like ugh, yeah 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 did you have any clothes that you had to get rid of that would show a little bit of the garment that you thought were modest before yeah yeah I had to get yeah. rid of quite a bit yeah I can only imagine because it, it even if a skirt you had might like flutter a little bit above the knee you'd be able to see or like I'm sure certain necklines would show so that sucks too. You have to like get rid of clothes to fit yeah. weird underwear. <laughs> exactly. And then you have to like, um, yeah, basically buy 
a whole new wardrobe although they would say like well you should have already been wearing clothes that (laughs) would prepare you for the garments because no matter what you should be wearing modest clothes well and here's the thing is you like always were you never were wearing anything quote-unquote immodest but yeah oh my god but then I guess like I would wear like oh yeah I yeah I didn't really I guess I had like cardigans I would wear over like spaghetti strap stuff but like I guess it was mostly always my titties because I had cleavage (laughs) like naturally but not even down east outfitters could cover Ah, ah, nope (laughs) I still had my glorious titties and cleavage would still go through down east outfit like let them out let them out (sighs) all right well that's all I have for this episode um that was interesting, and thank you for sharing your, your garment story <laughs> again. <laughs> PTSD of garments. <laughs> PTSD. No, thank you for covering that and for sharing that article with me. It was um, it was enlightening. It's 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 um, yeah. What do you think? Like, what do you think about? I, I guess I'm a little bit torn because I think really like good for them for sticking up for that and speaking out, but also I'm just like girlfriends just leave the church you know it's (laughs) It's like it's like a yeah that's a problem that maybe you could fix or improve but it probably won't get improved maybe they're gonna get excommunicated who knows but also it's just like that's just one of like the hundreds of problems so maybe just leave leave. It's, it's like what we always say about progressive Mormons as well like I commend them for trying to make change I think that's great but at the same time the problem within the Mormon church goes way beyond garment, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and discomfort and stuff. Like it's just, it's, it's truly deeply rooted in their doctrine and everything they do. So it's great that they want to make change, but it's also like spend your energy elsewhere outside of the church. Mm-hmm. Just leave mm-hmm. and, you know, bring these topics to light out, like without having dedicated your time you know, and money and money. Yeah. 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 Agreed. All right, friends. Well, that'll do it for this week. <laughs> Get rid of your garments. If you haven't already toss them out, yeah. toss them out, Get rid of them. And, uh, if you have any other type of underwear that causes you the same level of discomfort, get rid of those too. Yep. Protect Just- your special bits. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Be comfortable down there. Let it all Let breathe. It breathe. No matter what you have, let it breathe. (laughs) Let it breathe. All right, guys. Well, enjoy your week. And that was an awkward pause from our side. uh, (laughs) All right, guys. (laughs) Let it breathe. Silence. Silence. All right. (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you guys later. (laughs) Bye. Bye.